pastel de nata. Churros. Brigadeiro. Calzone. Apple pie. Shredu roll pin. Bangers and mash. Toad in the hole. Paella. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second season of the podcast, Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. My name is David G. Martins, and I'm the executive chef at the European Union Embassy in Washington, D.C., and I couldn't think of anyone better than my guest today to kick off the second season. Born and raised in New York, he was the co-creator, writer, and executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. Also, he presented a six-episode series on PBS called I'll Have What Feels Having, and most recently, since 2018, he has had a travel food documentary series, Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. He always seems to be in a fantastic mood, and at least I know we have something in common. We both agree that the best ice cream flavor is chocolate. Phil Rosenthal, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to meet a fellow chocolate lover. <laughs> you don't think there's a lot of chocolate lovers out there? <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 actually, I'm surprised at how many people I meet that don't like chocolate. Are you still friends with them? Nope. Many moons ago, uh, I'm 33 now, when I was like seven, I'm from Portugal, and there was this lady, she used to do these ice creams in her basement. It wasn't even a shop. People knew that she made ice cream, so we'll go there, and you could pay like $2 for unlimited amount of scoops. And you can have kiwi and mango, and I would make like this, you know, this Eiffel Tower of flavors. And one of my best friends, we normally had like eight scoops because we were super greedy and we were kids, and he just had eight chocolate scoops. And every weekend we'll go there and I, I would yell at him, although I love chocolate, but he will just build the whole thing out of chocolate. Eight scoops is, I think, a pint of ice cream, isn't it? It's probably, it's a, it's probably is, yes. <laughs> well, how did, this, how did this woman stay in business with people getting unlimited? Oh, I scoops? think she only did it for fun. You know, she, I know, I remember she used to have a huge backyard, so she used a lot of uh, fruits that she grew in her backyard and made, for, made ice cream out of it. It was a very small village kind of thing, and she just enjoyed, enjoyed doing it. But it was our highlight. Every Saturday or Sunday, we'll go there for our eight scoop ice cream. Uh, listen, it's, it's absolute, it's an absolute <laughs> paradise. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody. Exactly. So normally I start the podcast asking two questions. For people that have watched your show, they know this answer and I know this answer. But I always ask them if they've ever been to Portugal. You've been to Portugal, at least on the show, because the first season you went to Lisbon. Was that your first time or did you go there before? That was my first time and I've been back twice since because I love it so much. I'll give you 30 seconds, Phil, to tell people why Portugal is so amazing. Go for it. <laughs> you don't expect it to be as fabulous as it is. And so you automatically have this joy of discovering something wonderful. The terrain is beautiful. There's hills and it's on the water. The architecture is beautiful. The sidewalks are beautiful. The food is beautiful. And the most important part for me, the people are also beautiful inside and out. And so it has everything you could ever want in a great European vacation. But the fact that it's not as famous as Barcelona, Paris, Rome, makes it also a little less crowded. And so Lisbon, I'm only talking about Lisbon because that's the only place in Portugal I've been so far. But I know I have to go north mm -hmm. and I know I have to go south. I know that there's beautiful parts all over that great country, and I can't wait to go. Do you miss those custard tarts? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they're good, right? They're simple, they're but good. they're very good. Yes. Do you know any Portuguese words? <laughs> we'll keep that one. Obrigado. Obrigado. Yes, very well. Important, right? Thank you is always the most important word to learn when you're going somewhere. So your last two shows were called uh, I Will Have What Feels Having and the most recent one, Somebody Feed Feel. How desperate are you to get feds? And does that mean you don't necessarily like to cook for yourself? Yes and yes. <laughs> I, do, I love people who cook. I love them. They, they are artists to me, and they are kind-hearted artists. They are people who like to take care of other people, right? Uh, we all, we, you know, people say to me, why don't you cook if you love food so much? And I say, listen, I meet great chefs all over the world, and they can't write a sitcom. So we all contribute in our way, Right. People who love to laugh might watch a sitcom, but can't write one. And I love to eat, but I'm not a good cook. It's the same. Makes sense. So the few dishes you make, maybe yeah. there's more than a few. What's something that people really love when you make? I was like, oh, when Phil makes that. No one's ever said that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, can make, I can make you decent eggs. I can okay. make you a decent sandwich. I can make a hot dog or a hamburger. I'm pretty good on the grill right outside for barbecue are you picky that's... with the thickness of the bread for a sandwich because that's something in the us i've learned it's a little different in portugal we're not a sandwich kind of people we don't have exactly sandwiches but are you spe very specific the way you build your sandwich or no the bread is half the sandwich the bread is very very important it's actually when you think about it the first thing that touches your mouth is the bread it's very important and so yes the bread is always a consideration Does it have to be super thick or does it matter for you? Any bread will do. It doesn't do. matter. It just Perfect. has to be really good. Okay. And the fresher, the better, of course. So we'll start right away with your show. It's sure. So I, I'll make a confession. I normally don't like cooking shows, not because it's a dislike. I just don't watch it. And I remember when I watched the first episode that I watched, of course, was in Lisbon. And there's something about you on the show that it looks like... It's like when you give you know, 10 year old, a candy because his eyes, you know, kids normally like open their eyes and get so happy. Everybody, every time you try something. And I think that passes very well, that image and that, you know, message does pass to the person who's watching that yeah. you have this true joy of trying things, right? Again, yes, getting no feds. Yeah. There's no acting on the show. And what you see is what you get. And I watched that. I was like, oh, wow. So then I started watching the whole thing because of that. There's a, there's a very, it's very genuine. And I really enjoyed that. What was the idea behind the show? Uh, when you start creating the show? How, how did that I, come about? I love to travel. And maybe my favorite thing about traveling is trying all the different foods around the world. It, 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 travel expands your mind. And I, I knew from watching a show like uh, Anthony Bourdain that this type of show existed. But I also thought that maybe there should be a show for the people who love to watch Anthony Bourdain but would never do what he does because he is a, a superhero. He's an adventurer. Uh, the way I sold my show was I said, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> I thought there could be a show for that person. And I thought coming from my background of, of writing uh, sitcoms, that I could bring maybe a little bit of humor into this genre of food and travel. So I saw a niche for myself. Uh, 
And it turns out that there are people out there who are like me, love the idea of travel, but want to be a little comfortable and don't want to go too far out of the comfort zone. In America, I don't know if you know this, two thirds of everyone, two thirds of the population do not have a passport. And only about a 10th of the people with the passport use the passport. So that's a very small number. I know it seems like there are American tourists everywhere you go, but there really are not that many considering the population. I think the world would be better if we all could get exposure to different cultures and different types of people. Uh, obviously America would be better if more people were tolerant. And the way you become tolerant is meet people. So the whole show is geared to get you to travel. And I'm only using food and whatever stupid sense of humor that I have to bring you in and get you to accept the idea that maybe I should travel too. It's really not about the food, if you watch. It's about connecting to the people. When I was saying about the cooking shows, that's what I get tired is actually the food part. <laughs> that's why I don't watch cooking shows. Watching food preparation is interesting to people who like to cook I and who like that, that kind of process. There's very little of that in the show. Very little cooking in the show. That's true. There's a lot of talking and a lot of exploring and a lot of getting to know the people that I'm talking to. Good characters, good story right? Lisbon has a bit of a story. You don't realize it because you're just going from place to place and hopefully you're laughing a little bit and, and you're seeing delicious food and you're meeting people. But the story is, here's a place, I say at the beginning, that I didn't really know about and I discovered it. And by the end, I think I even say, I could live here. Right? Me, too, me too, I could live there. <laughs> yeah, because it's so fantastic. It is. It is. is that where you're from, Lisbon? I am from the south, uh, Algarve, but I lived in 10 different... That, that area, I've seen pictures. Yeah, it's beautiful. That looks so fantastic. What are you doing here if you could live there? Well, you know, Phil, when I, as soon as I finished culinary school, I had the option to be the head chef at the Portuguese embassy in D.C., so I couldn't say no. So I said yes. No, yeah, and then the rest is history, as they say, I guess. But Can we, can we do an event at the embassy? You can. It's, it's, it, of course. Do you think when Phil Rosenthal calls, people are like, nah, not today. You can do, if you ever come to DC, we can do whatever you want. Of course we can. Let's do it. Let's do it, Because Phil. You, we are on the spot saying this is, on record. Yes. We do, we, listen, we, 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 we invite people. Mm -hmm. We show the Lisbon episode. And okay. then you make the dishes that we feature in the show for the people. Perfect. Well, now don't forget that I'm at the European Union Embassy now, not, not the Portuguese one. I moved, oh, right? Okay. Which yeah. it's still fine. I, that's fine. It's still my it's still my country. So you know, I, I'm sure the ambassador would love the idea. You know, right. we we'll keep in touch about that. I like that idea. I like that idea. I like the idea. I feel like I've become a kind of ambassador myself. Maybe not an official ambassador, but a goodwill ambassador. I because this is the response I'm getting when I go. They like the chefs that I meet around the world. Like that, I am enthusiastic about them. Right. And if you watch the show enough, you see that I truly do love meeting new people and want to hear your story and I want to know what you're about and I want to eat with you because that's what is, is food I always say food is the great connector and then laughs are the cement yeah right yeah and then we're true. friends so I love this idea I would love to come to your embassy and do an event we should do it as soon as we both get a shot in the arm that's true how do you choose the cities that you go for the show well 
like I said, I'm trying to get you to travel, right? So if I know that Americans are reticent to go, like they don't even want to leave their town, I'm starting with what I think are Earth's greatest hits. The places for Americans, especially, that are going to seem the most accessible to them, that they will find a place where many people speak English, where they will get to stay in a hotel and not sleep in a, in a tree or in the jungle, that they will be somewhat comfortable and they will understand the culture and they will have great delicious food that they will recognize as delicious, as great versions of things they've had at home. That's how I'm starting. And if you look at somebody feed Phil, we've only done 22. So I've only scratched the surface of the earth. There's still giant parts of the world that I haven't been to yet on the show, like Australia, India, you know, these are still some of the world's great places. I can't wait. Hopefully we get to do more and hopefully the world opens up uh, soon so that we can film some more. And I was going to ask you exactly that. Is that a city that you haven't been on the show or not, with the show or not, that you would love to visit? Yeah, a uh, place in Australia, New Zealand, I haven't been. I haven't been to Greece or Turkey. I haven't been to Prague. I haven't been to Vienna. I haven't been anywhere in Sweden or Finland. I haven't been to uh, most of China, right? I've only been to Hong Kong. So I, I would love to see Shanghai. Sometimes uh, a little overwhelming, right? Sometimes I think like the countries I visited, and it wasn't a whole lot. I visited like 12 countries. And I start to see like, you get overwhelmed because you think like, oh, there's these 200 countries I've never been, right? Then you start doing the math. When are you going to see these countries? Probably not going to happen, but all of them but, at least. But I don't understand people who don't want to see any of it. I always say, what if, what if somebody gave you a new house? This house is for you. It's free. It's a big house and it's all yours. Would you stay in one room of the house? Do you think it's, when I used to teach cooking classes, I used to ask my American students, do you think it's because the U.S. is so big? And I know this might sound a silly thing. And it can be so different if you want to go, you know, you have the national parks and if you really want yes. to see ice, you go to Alaska. And if you go to the beach, you go to California or you go to Hawaii or that yes. they're this ingrown kind of cultural thing that ah, we don't have to live here. We can just go. You can choose almost everything you can do. But here, do you think it's just a problem that's too big? It's just culturally no. or? No, I think that things have become too easy for us. That you can get a sense of what other places are like without leaving your house even by just watching TV. And we become uh, complacent and, and lazy and not willing to make an effort. And there's also fear, fear of the unknown, fear that I'm going to waste my money on something I may not like, right? Think of your friends who won't even, when you're out to eat with them, order something they've never had before because they're afraid they won't like it. It's almost childish, right? What if I don't like it? Yeah, what if you don't like it? So what? To me, the tasting is its own reward because I may not like that. What's the worst that can happen? I don't eat it again. But what if I like it? And mm -hmm. what if I love it? Yes. Now I have something great and new in my life. It is that for me. I love discovering a new thing or a new friend or a new place. That's people who don't do that literally don't know what they are missing. When my my mom visited many years ago, seven years ago. And I, you know, I was trying to take her to some places and the stubbornness, I guess, that you get to a certain age or not. Sometimes people are, they stay young. We say that until they die. 
and she did not want to go anywhere. I was like, let's go to Philadelphia because it's very different in DC. No, let's go to New York. No, let's go. No. I was like, well, then you stay home. <laughs> like, there's nothing yes. I can do. Did you just you stay home. Why? So she never liked, she always liked to go to exotic place, exotic by exotic, the beach. She will go, I remember when I was very young, she'll go imagine 20 times a year to Brazil, but she never been to Paris. It was those things like she will go to Cape Verde Islands, but she wouldn't go to Madrid or Barcelona. She just doesn't enjoy and she does not enjoy a lot of people. So New York for her, the idea she has of New York, it's like, it's just too, and it is too much. I get it. And DC, at least it's a little different because it's more open. But New York, I understand. I understand having uh, preferences, things we like more than other things, but Mm -hmm. I don't understand not trying. So I mentioned at the at the top that you it seemed to be that you always have a smile on your face. Uh, what does it take to make you upset? Oh, I'm a person. I get upset at everything that it makes everyone else upset. Uh, this year was very, very uh, trying. You know, I pulled my hair out because it was so anxiety producing from from the news, from the COVID, from the politics, from you know. How much, how much can people take? I think people are starting to feel a little better. You know, my joke is that as soon as we're able to travel again and, and we get our vaccinations and the world is open to us again, we're going to be so happy and so grateful. And that feeling is going to last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and sure. then we will be back to complaining. Complain again. That's true. But that's because that's just how people are. We take life for granted but i do think that this year this lost year is really going to have a profound impact on life that we may not take it for granted so much anymore i think travel will go through the roof i think the restaurant business if they can hang on will go through the roof you know because we'll be so desperate to Travel, see the world, know that that can be taken away from us at any moment. Look how fast it went away. And we're going to treasure, I think, being with our friends and our family. That may be the blessing of the lost year. I was watching just someone, it's in New Zealand, and I was watching her and she was just walking and she was recording on Instagram. And New Zealand, they have zero cases now. The ones they have, at least they're in quarantine. So everybody's just walking like nothing happened. It was like watching a sci-fi movie from like, you know, 2038, the year. Because everybody there is just casual. People look at my show. We filmed filmed the last episode that we filmed was Rio de Janeiro. And I don't know if you saw that episode. How your dance moves. I was going to ask you that later. I can ask now. (laughs) We can go. We can talk about that now if you want. I'm a terrible dancer. I, I don't dance. But if you go to Rio during carnival time... Try not to dance. Exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> you have to move. You gotta. They 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 grab you. <laughs> yeah, this so, true. I'm on the beach with five hundred thousand people. And it you're right, it seems like a sci-fi movie when you see it now. But that is coming back. It will come back. Tell people, you know, don't watch the show and be depressed about how it used to be. Look at it the way I want you to, which is pick that spot. Look at Lisbon and say, let's plan a trip to Lisbon for next year when it's going to be normal again. This is the time to plan. And planning is half the fun. It is. You're, for the time of recording, your birthday is coming up. Uh, yes. is, do you have a, a feel requirement or not for your birthday? A, a specific cake? No? I just want to eat something nice. You know I'm going to have something chocolate. 
dessert. Maybe eight scoops. You should do that. Eight scoops. Hey, with some candles on top. That that That's sounds fantastic. fun to me. I want to meet this lady. <laughs> You've traveled all over the world. What aspects of food culture would you like Americans to adopt in the reverse as well? American food culture you wish was adopted elsewhere? Uh, I like, and I do see this in different places. I think everyone would enjoy the quote-unquote American breakfast. I think eggs, eggs and bacon or an omelet with toast, I think eggs are a great way to start them in the morning. It is in almost every culture, but it's not like prevalent the way it is here in America. So that, that could be our country. And as far as America goes, I would love for them to adapt and be more willing to adapt other diverse cultures. I live in Los Angeles. We have the most diverse population outside of, you know, uh, I think in America, even more than New York. We have more people from their native countries here than anywhere else in the world outside their native countries, right? So in other words, in the San Gabriel Valley, we have more Chinese people than anywhere else in the world except China. More Mexican people outside of Mexico, more Japanese people outside of Japan, and on and on and on. And so we have the diversity that makes our culture very rich and our food scene very, very rich. I would tell people I want Americans to be more open to at least supporting the diverse population in their cities and towns. But I know that they're afraid. I know that too many people are not even willing to try it. And all I'm asking really is that you look on your phone at the menu. I promise if you have an open mind that you will find something that you like from the Peruvian restaurant in your yep. town. They have chicken and rice. You like that. Yes. So why not try it from here? Because you don't know Peruvian, maybe you'll like it. Let's imagine you go to a, an island. Do you have a favorite island on top of your head or no? Just something. Uh, uh, the islands off of Italy, like Capri. and. There you go. Pretty good, but, yeah. but let's imagine there's nobody else, just you in Capri, oh, which okay. is, you can take one protein, one veggie, one fruit, and one dessert. Oh, I like this game. Let's play a game. Okay. <laughs> One protein. It's going to be chicken. Your veggie. The veggie. Uh, potato is boring, isn't it? No, I potato. Like it's fine. Potato is good. Uh, I like I like all kinds of potatoes, but I, I I'm trying to think of the green vegetable I like the most. I guess spinach is good. The fruit. Mango. Okay. A King dessert. of fruit. King of fruit. A dessert you take something with chocolate. I can. Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. I knew that one. Okay. So our round of questions, I always ask everyone, what was your first memory of taste? Uh, it's not pleasant. It was, it was steak that was in my house and it was dry and tough and chewy and gray. And I did not like it. And it literally hurt my jaws. Who cooked it? The steak? Your parents? My, my mother, okay. who was a wonderful woman. But cooking, not her strongest soup. <laughs> okay. We couldn't afford great food or great quality beef. And we, she didn't have time because she worked. And so, but that my first food memory is that because it was traumatic for me. It yeah. was, a, I, I joked that it was it, meat in our house was a punishment. 
<laughs> it felt like I did something wrong and I was being punished and I was not allowed to leave the table until I finished it. So I would store it in my cheeks, over my <laughs> mouth, see, it's gone. And then I would go away and spit it up. Okay. What's the most underrated ingredient for you? It's a good question. Garlic. Do you like garlic? I love garlic. Absolutely. Well, Portuguese food starts, I always say Portuguese food starts with olive oil, onion, and garlic. So those three, right? Most overrated ingredient. I'm not a fan of anise, that flavor. Not my favorite. The best breakfast you can have. Oh, I love uh, eggs. I love. I think eggs, like an, a great egg dish or omelet, is is fantastic. But I there's I do like breakfast around the world. I do love dim sum. I think that's fantastic. But there's just something about a hot breakfast with eggs and stuff. What is the strangest combination food-wise people might put one, two things together that you just cannot accept? I'm not a big pineapple on pizza person, but I do understand it. Okay. I understand why people like it. It's just not for me. Do you see people were putting kiwi as well? During the I haven't seen that. See? Uh, kiwi. Most people should be arrested. <laughs> So the name of the podcast is Turning Chickens and Breaking Dishes. Those are two Portuguese uh, phrases. Turning chickens means someone that has a lot of experience and breaking dishes means someone that has exceeded all expectations. Have you been turning more chickens or breaking more dishes? I would say turning more chickens. <laughs> That's good. At the, at the end of the podcast, I always ask my guests to sell their fish, other Portuguese phrase. So in Portugal, if someone tells you to sell your fish, it's to talk about yourself. Oh, you know. No. So... In this case, I just want you to, you know, what's in the future for you? What can you say? You know, people can, of course, watch the show. It's on Netflix, four seasons. But is anything uh, safe for 2021 that you would like to sell your fish? Well, I, I would love for you to visit our website where you can see everywhere we've been on the show. And you can also buy merchandise where all the proceeds go to feeding people. And, and that's important to me. And if you like the show, there's all kinds of fun merchandise. And it's called philrosenthalworld.com. philrosenthalworld.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and see whatever I'm eating that day. And you can see my dog, Murray, on the Daily Murray. I was, go I was going to ask you, how's Murray to finish it off? Is he okay? I can hear him barking right now. He's playing with his friends outside. See, I, just, I, just got a, I just got a puppy a week ago. Than that. And he's name? nine weeks old. The only problem is I, he's adorable. He's a tiny chihuahua. He just thinks at 3 a.m. it's time to, to, to play. That's puppies. That's puppies. Uh, it, took, it took Murray a good eight, nine months before that left the system. Yeah. But now he's an angel. And See? as long as your dog likes to snuggle with you, mm -hmm. cuddle with you, that to me is the most important element of a dog. It is. I agree. And I love this dog. Phil, this was a pleasure. Thanks. We will schedule our embassy thing. We do it. When we'll when I'll go to Portugal, I'll just send you pictures so you like so you miss even more every single picture from every part of Portugal. Algarve. The, Algarve. People, the, the Algarve, yes. Know. I gotta go. Gotta you gotta go. go. This was an absolutely pleasure. I love your show. Uh, I Thanks. think you're awesome and I hope to catch up again with you soon. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you. Did you miss me? Really? That's surprising. Anyway, thank you, Phil, again for coming on the podcast. Season two will go on for a few months, let's hope, and I will release an episode every Wednesday, so stay tuned. 
Don't forget also, if you'd like to ask me a question or if you have a suggestion for a guest, you can send me an email to info at turningchickensandbreakingdishes.com. You can also find the podcast page on Instagram. Just search for Turning Chickens Breaking Dishes. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. I'll be back next week. Stay safe. Be happy. Adeus.